It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. Football's coming home. Welcome back to the Ford Talks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Me and Joseph here. Hello. Are reviewing? No, we are previewing the biggest game of um, of England's uh, career. It's the Euro final. England versus Italy. I am buzzing for this one. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I mean, no one's going to be listening now. Everyone's just gone deaf. But yeah, yeah, true. I'm, I'm buzzing, but I'm scared. I am so scared. <laughs> same uh, here, same here. I mean, like, it's big for me. I'm 14, it's big for me. So yeah. I don't know what it's going to be like for 40, 50-year-olds. <laughs> So obviously, when you get into like seventies, eighties, they've experienced it with sixty-six. Yeah, but for people fifty, uh, forty, fifty, that is going to be huge for them. But yeah. I mean, I think if we can win this World Cup next year, got Ooh. a big chance at that. Um, yeah. So it's all oh no, but I am. I'm excited for it, but as I said, I'm just a bit apprehensive. Don't know what's what it's going to be like. Don't know what Southgate's going to do. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm buzzing for it. I can't wait. And the the last few games, I've actually been really confident since Germany. But finally, the nerds are kicking in for this one. So let's talk about Italy. How good do you think Italy actually are? <clears throat> I think I think they're good. Um, yeah. They're very good. I, I said it before the Euros even started, they're winning the whole thing. Wow. I said it to you. Um, and so, in like, it's a win-win for me. Either England win or my prediction's right. So, uh... I'll, so I, won't, I was going to say I'll take it either way. I won't. That's <laughs> I'll be fuming if England don't win, but that's positive. But no, Italy, I mean... For me, Italy were a bit like Spain, who the last few years I've not seen anything of because their their prime has gone. Uh, all their good yeah. players were getting on. Um, but even their players like Chiellini and Bonucci, who are old, are still class. Yeah. Um, See, that's what I was going to mention. Their defence is unreal and that's yeah. them. That's their main strength right now. Benucci and Kalini, obviously, uh, bags of experience. And it's going to be very difficult for England uh, to break through, especially considering how poor we have been going forward, really. And how do we break them down, Joe? What What do you think Southgate has to do? I don't know, because every time I'd say Southgate has to do this, he's gone the complete opposite and it's worked every time. Um, yeah. So, for me, we have to play it quick um, in attack. Yes. Especially down the middle. Because um, for me, there's not... I don't know. There's not much point for me playing it out to the wings and then crossing it in. Because the size of Chiellini and Bonucci and the strength of them, it's going to be very hard to score a header or whatever. Definitely, yeah. So, for me... Whichever wide players are playing, they need to be able to come inside a bit and like play more as a left forward, right forward than left wing, right wing. Um, but that said, I, 
we still need that pace where they can destroy them. Yeah, I think, as you said, our build-up play, it has to be quicker against Italy. And if we're being real with ourselves, we weren't brilliant against Denmark. Um, and we looked very slow at times in that game. It was really Sterling providing the pace. And he really impressed me how he was just he was just running at them, constantly causing problems. And we need more of that from Sterling, but also the likes of Harry Kane need to be on their game for this one because he just kept holding the ball up on the wings and he just didn't look dangerous at all. And he missed the penalty. Kane does not yeah. look in form at all. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's my thing with Kane. Um he ended up getting man of the match. How on earth that happened? Um, but he missed. He missed a penalty. Um, and obviously he scored the rebound, but he was lucky that um, Schmeichel exactly. didn't hold it. Um, but he did score, so that's that. But I agree. He was. He's getting dragged out wide and uh, deeper in this tournament mm-hmm. and whether Southgate's told him to do that but I just I don't think it's right because when we do want to get a ball in the box he's the man you want there not Sterling um, yeah because Sterling you're hardly going to see him win many headers let's be honest exactly um, but I don't agree with what Kane's been doing but that said he's still scored what four um, yeah he has scored four yeah so you can't but, hate him too much. But the thing is, I think the goal against Germany gave him a lot of confidence because we saw that then against Ukraine. He looks sharp and that's what we we need that from him. We need the Harry Kane back where he's always in and around the box and you give him the ball and he shoots and scores. What was happening against Denmark is he was getting it and he looked afraid to shoot. And I'm not sure if it was, if, if it was the occasion that got to him or, or whatever, but we need him sharp on that night. And if if he isn't, I do believe that Southgate, he won't do this, but should just take him off. Because if he's not putting the ball in the back of the net, we're getting limited we'll be getting limited chances because of how like far back he drops. We need players like Foden, Grealish, who can come up with a moment, uh, well, a special moment and well, how how do you feel about how he's handled Grealish? Because it's an interesting one. I I disagreed with it for the first few games. Yeah. Massively disagreed with it. And now I completely understand with it and probably agree with it that he leaves him on the bench. Because, from, in my opinion, Grealish is a great player to bring on with half an hour left. Yeah. Because you... You never know what he's going to do. If the opposition see Grealish come on, they don't think, right, he's definitely going to play there. Because he can play left wing, right wing camp. And he'll move across them a lot of the time. Um, so, for me, Grealish, you never know what he's going to do. Um, and he's just... He's skillful, he's quick. Um, he, I mean, he's a class player. But I agree with what Southgate does and leave him on the bench and then bring them on later on when we need them the most. So they, I, think, I think the other thing with Grealish is he tires out. After, like in a normal game, even for Villa, 
even for Villa, you see, after about 60, 70 minutes, his game starts to slow down. And, he, I mean, don't get me wrong, he'll still try, but he'll just, he'll calm it down a bit. Whereas mm-hmm. in the Euros, you don't want that. You want him always putting that pressure on. Um, so if he's not going to do that for the full game, you either play him for 60, 70 minutes or bring him on for the last half an hour. And I think he's a great super sub. I, I do agree with you. And I think Southgate has tried to also replicate that with another player, Phil Foden. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, I don't think it works. I think Foden has to start because he's not been making the impact off the bench that Grealish has. But we'll, mo- we'll move on to him in a bit. Back to Grealish. What do you think? Well, why do you think he was brought off uh, against Denmark? That, in my opinion, that was just defensive. Yeah, um, but, that's what that's my thought. But I don't get why they choose him. Um, it, it is a strange one because that could knock his confidence. Um, so it could. He would have had to be careful with what he was saying to him, why he's done it. It's just, I believe Sterling in that game was still much more threatening at that point than Grealish because we had five defenders that are on the pitch at that point. And I feel like um, the use of Sterling's pace is was still very much useful. If Grealish gets it, he's looking to set someone through. And because Saka was already off the pitch, if they took Sterling off, we wouldn't have any runners in behind apart from Kane who can't run. So... Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think he's done it. I don't think it's anything to do with his performance or anything. He came on, won some free kicks, and hopefully he can do that again uh, against Italy. And we're just relying on big Harry Maguire to, or Kane or anyone just to knock it in. But, right, we'll move on to who I've just mentioned then, Phil Foden. He's been left on the bench for the last few games as well. And I don't believe with it. Uh, don't, I don't agree with it. Um, what what's your thoughts on it? I think again, Foden. I'd expect him to be a good super sub. Yeah, but I've not, I've not particularly seen it so far. Um, because again, he could play left wing, right wing, attack midfield, even as a centre forward. Um, so he can play anywhere. So he's perfect to bring on. Um. But he's he's just not done it. So whether Southgate's hoping and waiting for that, hoping mm-hmm. for that one performance that he comes out of nowhere. Um, but I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm a fan of Mount. Um, and obviously, the last what two games he's started. Um, and I've he's not been anything special. He's been all right. Um, yeah. But I think Foden will, well, as we were saying against Italy, I think he's a good player to play. He's quick, he's skillful, um, a lot more than Mount. Um, yeah. So and also, if Mount's been playing the last few and Foden hasn't, Italy won't know as much about him as they will Mount, because obviously yeah. they'll study the players. Um. So they'll be able to predict Mount more than Foden, in my opinion. You see, like, I think uh, when we, we started the competition with a front three of Sterling, Kane, Foden, Sterling and Kane weren't informed for them games, and I feel like Foden was the one that shone. 
now if who Sterling who is in form, Kane who can sometimes have a good game. If you put Foden up with them, I think that's much more dangerous than uh, the likes of Saka and Sancho up there because I feel like Foden's just a much more creative than the other two, and he still does have the pace that they offer. Um, what 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 would you think if uh, Foden did start on the right? I think. See, I'm a big fan of Saka. Um, yeah, I think he's an absolute class player. I'd I'd probably say he's our second best youngster behind Foden. Um, Not even I, Sancho. No, I I. Personally, I prefer Saka. I prefer to watch him. Um, okay. Because I think he can hold the ball up really well. Um, for it, because he's not a big lad. For only a little lad, he can hold the ball up really well. He's quite strong. Yeah. Um, whether he's actually physically strong or just tactically strong, really, and knows how to guard the ball. Um, but no, like... I'm happy with either Foden or Saka starting. Um, Sancho, personally, yeah. I don't think he should start. And that, that, I think that's down to lack of game time. Yeah. and um, He was scored one against Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know why I find it weird. It was the second he signed for United he started. That is, yeah. Um, and it was whether it's all that English club hype or whatever. Um, or maybe it was just so United fans could see what they were getting or whatever. Um, or coincidence. <laughs> yeah, it could just be coincidence. Um, but for me, Sancho can't start. It have to be Saka or Foden. I don't think Saka at such a young age. I don't believe he starts. Uh, well, I think he, that Southgate probably will. He he loves to stick to his ways, but. Personally, we we Phil Foden, like he he started the competition off really lively, and ever since he criticised Southgate's um, tactics and stuff, Southgate's played him on the bench. So I'm not sure if he's taught that personally, Southgate, or it is just again coincidence, and he's just well, you know what, Saka's looking good, but I'm happy if Saka does start, but I do feel like, in my opinion, Foden should. I mean, for me, in my opinion, Saka is a player. Yeah. He steps up when he needs to. Um, so He's done for Arsenal, hasn't he? For Arsenal, oh, when Aubameyang is up performing, when Lacazette is up performing, he does. And he's very consistent. He plays almost every game. And it's the same week in, week out. He's class. Foden, don't get me wrong, when he does play, he's class. But he's not playing week in, week out. Um, so, for me, and obviously... At City, there's not many. Um, there's not many players that aren't going to perform. Um, so you don't really have to step in. Um, whereas England, we've seen it already, as you were saying before, Kane and Sterling. They yeah. might not perform or whatever. Um, so Saka could step in, but I think we've not seen as much as we would have wanted to have Foden. So it will be good to see him get a good bit of game time. Yeah. Um, well, we'll move on to a starting eleven in a bit, and 
give the viewers our thoughts on who should play. But firstly, I just want to touch on something I spoke about in the last podcast. But I want to ask you, um, what are your thoughts on the decision to keep uh, Henderson and Maguire in the squad um, after seeing how well, the, the impact they've had on the squad? What do you mean? So, at the start of the tournament, um, everyone's criticising Southgate. Why on earth are you taking two injured players? But now, for me, Maguire has been unreal. And I fully agree with why Southgate has taken him. And even Henderson has been, I'm guessing, a big role by, uh, behind the scenes. And also, coming on, he's looked really uh, confident and composed. So, what, what's your thoughts on that? For me, Maguire always had to go. Um yeah. As I've said before, I think he is one of, if not the most important player in the England squad. Not the yeah. best, but one of the most important. Or you, I mean, after this tournament, you probably could give him the label one of the best. Um, but Henderson, I think I did. I didn't particularly agree with them taking him but then I didn't think there were too many other options um, yeah. so I thought yeah okay but I'm glad what he's not done is because of Henderson's reputation obviously mm-hmm. he's a football captain whatever and plays for a bigger club I'm glad he's not chose him over Rice and Phillips Yeah, um, because I know people have criticised him before for going off people's reputation rather than their form um, so I'm glad he's not done that. For me, I, st- I don't still don't think Henderson should be starting. Yeah, he definitely doesn't start because of how good Rice and Phillips have been. They they were given uh, an opportunity to impress Southgate from the beginning, and they've done it. There, there's no reason to take any of them out. But I certainly agree with taking Henderson because of how um, he's just so, he's so calm when he's come on the pitch, and he just so composed and he, he calms the rest of the team down and so I think Southgate's done a brilliant job there and also taking Maguire wow I mean it, you, you've got to have some balls about you to then uh, to actually take an informed Tyrone Mings out the team and put a player that's been injured back into the team but it's paid off he's been unreal yeah I agree but for me Maguire is Maguire is a good player for United and for England. Um, and I think the only reason why people have a go at him is because of his price tag. Um, because there's tons of players who have a big price tag. They're not worth that much. But they're still a very good player. And I think Maguire's one of them. He's, He's had not- a few mistakes here and there, though, like yeah. in previous seasons. But you can point out that for a lot of defenders. Um, for £80 million, he's not. he's never worth £80 million. But you'd still probably say he's worth about 50. Um, yeah, I mean, the way he's been performing this season for Manchester United and in the Euros, he's he's starting to live up to his price tag. Not quite because 80 million is an unreal sum. Like he's nowhere near Van Dyke's price, but he's starting to look like the real deal, Harry Maguire. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, obviously, everyone can see it as well. Obviously, we were both there. Every time we won a corner, the Harry Maguire chance were out. He looks like a threat from the set pieces. And I do... F- if anyone is to win the game on Sunday for England, I feel like he could be one of them players to do it from a set piece. 
I think that is the thing. But then, as I was saying before, Italy also have the same aerial threat with Chiellini and Bonucci. Um, yeah. And guaranteed, Mancini will say to them, one of you, Harry Maguire's your man and Harry Kane's the other man. Yeah. Them two are yours on a set piece. Who else Who else then do we look at? I think, for England. I mean, I think you're still looking at Harry Maguire and Kane. But, um, like, if they are completely man-marked the whole time, they, they don't get a sniff. What a player in that England squad can deliver from a set piece. For me, there's not... Out of the ones that I've been playing, there's not really one where I'm going, wow, he's an aerial threat. Um, Maybe Dex. John Stone. No. I think Stone the only seven. other two I'd say, but they're not they're not playing, is Mings and Calvert Lewin. Would um, you not would you not say John Stones? I mean, he came very close in one of the group games and he scored quite a few from corners for City. I'd throw him in there. I don't know, I just don't think so as I was saying, like Calvert Lewin and Mings, he's nowhere near Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. threat that they are. Um keep playing him down, Joe. He'll he'll, he'll come back to score for us on Sunday. Genius. Um <laughs> but I mean that is definitely not saying play Mings and Calvert Lewin because please don't. Um <laughs> I couldn't think of anything worse. Um yeah. because for me Calvert Lewin is a Usually, he's a very he's quite a similar player to Kane. Um, probably more of an aerial threat than Kane, but Kane's a better finisher. Um, but since Kane's been dropping in deeper, um, they've they're obviously different types of players now. Um, so for me, Calvert-Lewin's nowhere near the first team. Um, no one. But so the aerial threat, as I said, it's Kane and Maguire. They're, they're miles ahead of everyone in that first team. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, lastly, before we go on to the combined 11, I just do want to talk about England's defence as a whole. We've known how solid it's been. Only conceded one goal this tournament. Um, my worry is Spain have many tricky attackers. And if we don't come into that game sorted... um and comfortable, then they could punish us very early on. Yeah, well, it's a good job we're not playing Spain, isn't it? Did I say Spain? Yeah. Um, I did mean Italy. <laughs> uh, but you've got Insignia and Tunisia. Um, but what, what do you think about that? Do you, do you think England can handle them or not? I think they can. Uh, yeah, because I know Insignia... Um, more than likely, he'll be on the left. Yeah. He's obviously a quick, little, skillful player. But who will be up against him for us? Kyle Walker, who is a quick, skillful player. So, for me, if anyone's going to handle Insigne, it will be Walker. I mean, um, yeah. Who was my man of the match for the game the other day. Um, I... I just think he was insane because he's he's what you want in a defender. You want him. He's physical, but then he can he can run for ages, and when he does, he's rapid. I do think you, you pointing him out is a very good point because it's his pace that's 
if England are to win that game, he needs to be on his game. And I think his his pace is really going to be key to stopping them. Uh, Italy counter-attacks. So pointing him out is very, very good point. But the rest of them, Maguire, Stones, um, and even Rice and Phillips, who were going to drop back, can they handle Immobile? Um, Chinesia? Oh, Insigne cutting in as well. I think, see, this is what I love about England. We're not scared to put a foot in, especially both Rice and Phillips. Yeah. Definitely Phillips. We'll just we'll just kick anyone. If he needs <laughs> to, he knows what the punishment will be and he'll just do it. Um, so, I mean, aerial threat be sorted with Harry Maguire, um, like defence-wise. And yeah. obviously Insigne is about four foot. So <laughs> it won't take much defending there. Um but it's it's the pace that worries me. Um it's whether the only thing I'd possibly be questioning with Southgate is whether if halfway through the game, if they're running quick down the middle, it's whether you swap Kyle Walker and put him as a centre back. Um, I reckon he'll drop to a, um, a five at the back so that Kyle Walker is one of them centre-backs later on in the game. Um, no, but he's he's done, he's pretty much done it every game. He did it against Denmark by uh, bringing on Trippier at the end and he put Walker into centre-back. Um, like if we are defending a lead, I can see that happening. Um, yeah, actually, can, can we see a five, a five at the back starting? Like I won't put, put it past Southgate, to be honest. No, neither would I, but I wouldn't. Um, I mean, I say I wouldn't do a lot of things Southgate doesn't, they've all worked, but five at yeah. the back against really a defensive Italy, um, yeah. over defensively strong Italy, it'll take a lot to break them down, which will be more than just one counter attack. I think we do need as many players up the pitch as possible because the bat- it's going to be a real midfield battle because. They've got Jorginho, Verratti, Barella, all very strong players in there that are going to put a foot in. It's them three versus Rice and Phillips, and it's whether they can win the midfield battle and get the ball to the likes of Mason Mount for England to then attack. Um, but yeah, well, we'll move on to the starting eleven anyway. What would we do? Um, we'll have a discussion about the goalkeeper first. Um, I mean, it's a no-brainer who goes in. Yeah, I agree. Um, Pickford? Yep. Easy. I, was, I was actually thinking Johnston, to be honest, but never mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let, let's have a quick discussion about Pickford, though, first. Um, the opening four games, he was classed. The last two games, what, what's going on? What's happening? I, I don't know. So, for me... The thing that's been pulled last few games has been his distribution. Um, yeah. When the ball comes to his feet, he's he's not he's looked a bit panicked. He's panicking, yeah. Is not that's not Pickford. Um, normally, Pickford can be poor when a ball comes straight at him and he panics. Then, when he has to save a simple shot, um, and his distribution is normally amazing. Um, but. The last two games, his distribution has been poor. Um, yeah. And luckily, it's not led to anything. Um, but he just needs he needs to be careful. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, it did lead to something. It led to the free kick that they scored. Well, yeah, but it, it was never a free kick anyway. But um, And then with that free kick, I know a lot of people have been saying, well, should Pickford, Pickford have been further over? Yeah, probably. Um, but the like where the wall was, you'd expect him. Like they opened, there was a gap in the wall um, from the Danish defenders, and you'd expect him to go through the gap. Um, whereas he went over, which I don't think many people would have been expecting. But Pickford's positioning, it was poor. Um, he was a bit too far over. Um, I mean, he did, when he was too far over, he still did well to, to get to it, to get mm-hmm. a touch on it. But got a touch, yeah. he just needs to be careful with his positioning. Mm-hmm. What, what I don't want to do, though, is criticise Pickford, because I feel like he has been one of England's best performers. I mean, but it, what's weird is in the first three games, um, playing uh, behind Mings and Stones, he was not panicked at all. And now playing in front of a probably more comfortable defence with Maguire back there. He looks a bit more panicky, but I'm just hoping really there's not no big carious moments in the final from him. And he, he's been a brilliant shot stopper. And I'm, I am okay with him being in, in between the goals once again. Um, all right, we'll move on to the back four. Do you want to play? Yeah, I'd play back four. All right, we'll start with left back. And I think you don't change that as well. No. no sure has been unreal. Um, he's, again, you could give him a shout. Prob- well, possibly for England player of the tournament. Um, I wouldn't say he'd win it, but mm-hmm. he'd be a shout. Um, I think it's weird with Shaw because he's so physical. Um, but, and he's so good attacking wise. Um, for me, he looks more like a centre back than a left back, because he's a big, he's big, not tall, yes. but he's big. He's not. He doesn't look like a left back, but with his physicality and his crossing and his passing, he's absolutely class. He's even looked good on the ball, dribbling and stuff, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, and I mean. My dad was uh, criticising him, uh, I think, in, in the Ukraine game or something, because he just kept going backwards. But really, Luke Shaw, he, he has been special this tournament. And he's, it, it feels like he's been more and more comfortable as, as we've gone on. And it's it's annoying that he's a Manchester United player, but it's, it's like I respect everything he's done for England so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, we're going to have to move on to another brilliant Manchester United player, um, Harry Maguire. Uh, he goes in there, doesn't he? Yeah, hundred percent. Right in um, there next. Wait, do left or right though? You can play him either side, can't you? It's Harry Maguire. Well, I'll play him next to Luke Shaw because chemistry. <laughs> um, not much has to be said about him really. He's been unreal. He's been classy. He's a uh, he's a threat from set pieces, and yeah, he goes in there. Um, we'll go on to Jonathan Stones, no brainer again. Yeah, I don't. There's much debate needed. 
both been calm together, but we've got to be careful. John Stones sometimes got a mistake in him. Hopefully, he performs on the night. Um, Go on, Joe. Who's the right back? Kyle Walker. Easy. Who's the CDMs? Right and Phillips. Easy. And now that now that back uh, seven, with the goalkeeper included, have been unreal. Yeah, I, uh, I know what's yeah. replacing them. It they're just it, it's magnificent. Like, they, yes, it's not too attacking with the two holding midfielders in there, but I've not had a problem with it because we're keeping clean sheets and we're winning games. Um, all right, this is where it gets a bit interesting. But are you sticking Mountain Cam? I'm not. No. Oh god. I I think Bogan. You see, I I think Mount because he's he's been playing. Um, and that that's it really. Like he he is a, still a brilliant footballer and can create things. If you just uh, throw Foden in in a big game like this, he's younger than Mount. Um, Mount's won a Champions League final. Foden obviously lost it. I don't know. I feel Mount would be much more composed in this situation. I just think, mate, we need to shock Italy. We need something <laughs> that then don't really know what's going to happen and Foden can bring that. We do, we do, but I feel I, I, I am putting Foden in my team. I want him on the right. Mm-hmm. Or on the left and Sterling on the other side. Yeah, um, well, we've definitely got Sterling both of us, don't we? All right, well, I'll throw him in there. Sterling there. Up front, Calvert-Lewin gets nowhere near the team. Harry Kane, and again, hope, we're hoping for a big performance from him. It's just this common right wing. Who, like, th- this is the talking point. I mean, for me, it's Foden and Cam. And I just, I think it's unfair not to play Saka. <sighs> I'd even go Grealish over Foden, though. I feel he's a much tri- like much trickier player, uh, Grealish, and he's gonna win us them free kicks. Yeah, well, you you could say that, but again, as I was saying, I think he's a. I wouldn't be sticking with that team for the whole game. I'd be bringing Grealish on in fifty fifth, sixtieth minute, just changing it up. I, I'm agreeing with that. We're bringing Grealish on, Um we're probably bringing Henderson on to just calm us down if we do have a lead. Um, who else? Well. It's either Foden or Saka off the bench. I'd like to, well... And, uh, right, I think Mason Mount, he still has but had a good time. And I do think he has to go in, really, for the final. I think it's unfair if you take him out. But, as I was saying, for me, it's you have to shock him. So, for me, these are the subs I want to be making. The Grealish, the Sancho's, those type of players who will bring something new with you. Right. Now now you've mentioned that, and I've just thought back to the fact Foden has not been good off the bench. He hasn't. I feel like maybe bringing Mount off the bench could provide something different. And yeah, you know what? We'll stick Foden in then, and you put Saka on the right. So we've gone for the exact same team, apart from Foden is in for Mason Mount. You happy with that? Yeah. All right, quickly, we'll finish off with score predictions. Um, try not to jinx us, but here we go. <laughs> if 
I, I hate score predictions. Um, you, your heart and head are telling you different things, really. Okay, I'll go for a 1-1. Okay. And I'll leave it there. I, I don't want to go any further with that. 1-1. <laughs> you're, not, you're not expanding. You're not expanding. No. I'm leaving you don't it at 1-1. You're not in extra time or anything. Someone will nick it in extra time. Oh, no. I, someone will nick it. And then in like... So someone will nick it in the first ten minutes of extra time, and okay. then last minutes of extra time, they'll score another. Oh, the other oh, team will be two attacking. A two nil win in extra time for one of the teams. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, I'm, I'm going for something even worse. Um, I'm going for nil nil all the way through extra time, but then an England win on penalties. Literally, everyone will be dying of. Absolutely, like they'll they'll be shaking, but the relief at full time if we win it, that's what I'm hoping for. But all we can do, Joe, now is do our best to enjoy it. Um, we're gonna have a great time, and um, I'm guessing one of us, either on Ford Talks or Jay Miller Podcast, will bring you um a review of the game. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. Hopefully, the next time you hear from us, we are the European champions. And I'll see you in the next one. Goodbye. It's coming home!